a problem is something in your mind. Unless something is broken and you need to be physically fixed, most situations you can work your way around. Work out what you want. Work out what the problem is, what you want the solution to be, or rather what you want the outcome to be. How do you want that problem to go away? What is it that you're trying to fix? What is your actual end result? And an argument, there's something you want, want to control what they're thinking. Are you wanting to change their mind over something? Or are you just wanting to, or are you just wanting to salvage the relationship with the family members when you're having an argument with them? You can take it on board and you can let it hurt you, or you can move on from it. We're here with Teresa Plum, who has a book out called The Resilience Miracle, Adapt, Survive, and Thrive as the Parent of an Undiagnosed Autistic Child. And Teresa is a co-author with Pat Masidi in the book that just came out called Inspired Miracles. And Teresa is going to be telling us what she's all about, what her passion is, what we can learn from her. So Teresa, glad to be speaking with you. Hi, thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. And so if someone has never heard of you and you just have 30 or 60 seconds to summarize what you're all about and what makes you unique, what would you say? Probably just a collection of life experiences, really. Yeah. Learning the hard way, learning that you don't need anybody. You can do things on your own, I'll muddle your way through. But sometimes you need a little bit of inspiration to get you on the right path. I love that. And I was having a conversation with my wife a couple of weeks ago and we were driving and we just had this, this discussion about how the people that are around you can really drag you down or get you to think like them. If you're surrounded by negativity and you have all these people that are just always with the, just the downside of things and telling you you can't do things, then you become like them. And if there's always like the little snide jokes and remarks, you can't help but absorb what they put out. And it sometimes takes some courage to cut loose people who aren't serving you and it sometimes takes some kind of painful awareness if you just are around the wrong people and so can you tell us about what are your thoughts on some of that and just what sort of lessons have you learned the hard way that you think we can learn from i learned at a very young age that i couldn't do back to people what they did to me when someone treated me badly i tried to do it back and I couldn't because it didn't feel right. It didn't, you know, it just made me sick to my stomach. So I learned a long time ago when I was really young, I was probably blessed to have learned it so early that I don't treat people back how they treat me because I refuse to let how people treat me change who I am as a person. I choose to be the person I am. And I, yeah, like I said, I learned at a very young age, I can't do revenge. I can't do payback. And when you have a negative person around you, even when you don't realize it to start with, after you've left their company and you reflect maybe on the conversation or the interaction that you've had with them, it doesn't leave you feeling happy. You don't feel like it was an enjoyable experience. You might feel drained, exhausted. And then you realize that, yeah, that person isn't enhancing your life and you're maybe not even enhancing their life, but really all you can do is concentrate on how it affects you. And sure, you want to make people feel happy. You want to be an enjoyable company for somebody as well. But you realize if you can tune into your own intuition and how it makes you feel, and like I said, you may not feel it at the time. It might seem wonderful and a really good time with them. But then later on, you think, wow, I could have really done without all of that in my life. So yeah, you really do need to hone into on 
onto how you're feeling with the interaction and what it leaves you with ultimately. I like how you put that, how you might have this experience with someone, time shared with them, and then later on just feel really bad about it and have such a sharp decline in feeling good. And then later on, like replaying the conversation. And then uh, even the way that you put it, where you say that you didn't feel good and they probably didn't feel good. So at that point, who's really helping at that point, you're just going through the motions. And you're also making me think that there are a handful of people now that I sometimes think about if I'm stressed or if I'm angry or if I want to just do do any of those unhelpful behaviors, right? Replaying things that, that didn't serve me or getting revenge, anything like that. There are like some newer mentors now that I play in my head and I think, oh, this person would probably be calm about it. And this person wouldn't react in an angry way. And um, so do you experience that? Like in order to get the the strength and the the calmness and to do the right thing, do you have any tricks such as that in order to uh, just be a better person? Absolutely. Like when you said about mentors and people that leave you with little bits of wisdom here or there, sometimes I'll be having a conversation with somebody and then they will start on a rant and a, a little voice will pop into my head of somebody that has been a mentor to me and, and, and the little voice will say, you don't need to go there with them. You don't need to go down in the mud and rake up all the nonsense. Or they could be starting to get angry at you or uncomfortable about a situation or angry at a situation or a subject that you're discussing. And there's really no need to join them. You can let them have their say, but you don't need to fuel, if you like, their fire and just let them have their rant and just nod lightly and, yeah, you don't need to go there. And particularly if they're becoming negative to you or your experiences or trying to give you advice in a direction that's negative, you don't have to go there. No, sorry. You can have your say, but I don't need to go there. I don't need to take that on. Just, yeah, don't take it on. So it's, it seems like negativity spreads. And you're also reminding me of maybe even 10 years ago, I was messaging someone and I almost expected, I think I did expect him to jump into the negativity with me because I felt like the way that I react is I want to please the person that I'm speaking with. And I just want to go and be supportive right along there with them. And I remember being, and he, and he didn't even, he just didn't respond about it. I, I was trying, there was a person me and him both knew, and I was getting a little bit into the rumor mill and a little bit with negativity. And he just didn't really respond to it. And he didn't make a big deal about it. And I still think about that sometimes. He just didn't let the negativity in and didn't spread it. And it's like a deliberate, almost counterintuitive thing to to do it. It's, it seems really hard to be able to always do that. There is a fine line between if you just don't go there at all with them, you will make them crankier. They'll get angry at you then because you're not helping them rake mud, if you like. So you don't fuel their fire. But if you want to be empathetic and you want to let them get it off their chest, so to speak, and have their rant. So yeah, it can be a fine line between just pulling out of the conversation completely and then they will probably get cranky at you, particularly if you try to talk them back from all that negativity. We'll try to give them optimism in amongst the misery that they're trying to spread. Now, they can quite often get quite angry at you and not want to go there. I think sometimes it's easier to, to have a conversation like that with somebody that you're not emotionally invested with, like someone who isn't a friend or a family member. I 
think quite often you expect more from a friend or a family member. So when they are not joining you, that can become offensive. If you have an invested interest in them emotionally, if they're a stranger to you and they start saying things like, maybe if you hadn't been so angry, that might not have happened. Whereas if, if you say that to somebody, a loved one, they can get defensive and hurt because you're supposed to rally to them and you're supposed to help them with their cause. But if it's somebody that's a stranger and you say that to them, you can put them up to maybe perspective that they hadn't thought of before and they don't expect anything of you as a stranger. They don't expect you to rally for them. They don't expect you to be their champion because they're not emotionally invested. I can tell you've thought about this a lot and you're just, you're bringing up all these, these ideas for me and the, all these really good reminders. And one is that there's like the, the cliche of the difference between men and women. And if a woman comes to you with a problem, she just wants support. She doesn't want, expect you to solve a problem. But if a man comes to you with a problem, like then he, he wants some answers. He wants some solutions. And it seems like there's that sense of boundaries and knowing which thing you want to deliver. So if someone's coming to you, are you really going to? Uh, are you going to side with them or are you going to try to solve their problem? And if you make the wrong decision, then it can really backfire on you. And it can be frustrating because pe other people's problems are not yours to solve. And it's not necessarily your job to make someone feel better. There's a difference between solving their problem and giving them your support. So I think these are all very good perspective and good reminders for us to think about as we if we as we navigate this really complex and irritating thing called life. And so since we're on, on a podcast here, podcasts are really fun for the having telling long term, long form stories, right, where you can tell us about some of these past experiences that you've had and the, the conflict, the, the drama, the anger you've gone through, and then the the happy ending, the solution. So does anything come to mind about some of those dramatic stories where you can Tell us a lesson along the way. Probably interactions with family pop straight into my mind. I have a um, friend and they have family members that they may or may not get along with all the time. And I have family members the same. And I will come away from an interaction with a family member and I, I will think that wasn't fun and that was horrible and that was nasty and they could have had an ulterior motive and they might have this or they might have meant that. And when you sit back and think about actually what they said and think, like, Somebody that wasn't my relation said that to me, that wouldn't have upset me. So why did I have a higher expectation of that person as opposed to a stranger? And then I talk to my friend and they're getting all hurt and upset and emotional over the interaction they've had. And I'm thinking, that's exactly the same. They expected more from that person than they would have a stranger. They've put more pressure on that relationship than they should have done. The person, whether you're emotionally invested in them or not, they still can say things to you or they should be able to still say things to you and give you some perspective and make you think of the situation maybe from a different angle or from their perspective and you not get upset about it. But that's a hard thing to do when you are connected to that. You expect more from them. When you come home from work, the loved ones in your house, you expect the reception from them. If you don't get it, then all of a sudden you're in a bad mood. Why are you in a bad mood? Because you had an expectation person hasn't done anything right or wrong but your expectation wasn't met with the relationship you have to bring it back into perspective and think yes when i get home this is going to happen and that's going to happen that's going to be wonderful then you get home doesn't happen then it's oh well, that didn't happen that's okay nothing the world didn't collapse i didn't lose a leg those things didn't happen i didn't get my expectation there you know what that's okay you have to yeah bring it all back into perspective and again 
you're hinging too much on the relationship and you you have an expectation that person doesn't even know they're supposed to meet, how can they meet it? Yeah, so it, you need to communicate that or readjust your expectations and uh, that expectation, we throw that word around a lot, but it, it the shortened version is expect. So if you're just, if you're expecting too much, then that's not good for you. And what there's every now and then we, there's like a, a close call, right? Say you're crossing the street, car whizzes by, say you're driving your car, someone runs a red light. We've all been there. And when that happens, I get a, a rush of fear, anger. And maybe a few weeks ago, I thought to myself, what would I have rather happened, right? Like you drive in the car and you have that close call and you get really angry and enraged and it's, but would you rather have it hit you? It, it's good that what happened did happen. And I think in, in many times it's a good reminder and good perspective. We should be grateful more for the things that we have. And if there's always room for improvement, there's things to work on, but it's, it seems like from you telling these stories and the things that you're triggering in my mind, it just seems like maybe 70 to 80% of the problems that we think we have are, are not really problems. We just need to maybe readjust our thinking. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. A problem is something in your mind. Unless something is broken and you need to physically fix it. Most situations, yeah, you can work your way around. Work at what you want. Work at what the problem is, what you want solution to be or rather what you want the outcome to be how do you want that problem to go away what is it that you're trying to fix what is your actual end result out of an argument do you is there something you want want to control what they're thinking are you wanting to change their mind over something or are you just wanting to or are you just wanting to salvage the relationship with the family members when you're having an argument with you can take it on board and you can let it hurt you or you can move on from it. My situation was I can dwell on it and I can treat my next interaction having not let the previous one go, or I can just move on and think that wasn't fun. Probably neither of us enjoyed it. And whether or not that person was actually trying to be malicious or not is irrelevant because I'm not going to take it on board. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. I'm not going to then disrupt my relationship with that person moving forward, particularly a family member, you can't get away from them. They're family for life. But you can either preserve the relationship and just move on or get over it. That person hasn't wounded you physically, then it's an emotional wound and you can choose to heal it and let it go. Or you can choose to hang on to it and you can let that wound fester. And because I've seen other people not let it go and it escalate to the point where they just can't even, they're flat out being in the same town together was I refuse to let that happen. Yeah, it's not good. You did, like I said, when it is family or even like in a situation where you can't get away from the person for whatever reason, or you choose not to get away from the person, you need to be able to live in a situation where not every interaction is going to be wonderful. And that person isn't going to give you what you're expecting from them. Or maybe they can't give you what you need from them. And the reality is, you don't need that from them. That's what you think you need and you feel you need from them. But the reality is you probably really don't need it. You need oxygen. You need food. You don't need that person to be nice to you. You don't need that person to be bowing down to you and making you feel wonderful because you can do those things for yourself. You can make yourself feel wonderful in other ways. You can have your own happiness. Happiness is what you make of it. You don't need to have an expectation of those people that 
may never be met. And if you continue to do that to yourself, you're keeping yourself unhappy by doing it to yourself. And yet you've said, this person does that, this person does that, but really you've done it to yourself. What's the saying? Don't put the key to your own happiness in someone else's pocket. And so what you have thought of here, it's very logical, right? Where it's just so easy to get caught in the, those limiting beliefs and expecting other people to make us happy, make us fulfilled. And it's, I like your solution there, which is more logical. You say, what's actually the problem? Am I just stuck in a, a pattern, stuck in a loop? Do I have these weird phrases that I just can't get out of my head? Or what's the actual problem? Why am I angry? Why am I frustrated? So that's where I am now. And then what's, do I want the outcome to be? And then how do I get there? And that seems more productive than what the the natural, I don't know, caveman, cavewoman brain wants to think and just get angry and just keep on rolling around in the hamster wheel. And these are good reminders that you can't control other people. It just, it doesn't work. It's an exercise in frustration. You can't really change people's minds. You can't force anyone to really do anything. You can set your expectations. You can communicate. You can stay on your own side of things. You can take control of your own happiness and everything else. But as far as just wanting other people to do exactly this, and if they did exactly that, then I'd be happy. That just seems like really dangerous thinking. And then you're also mentioning this danger to stay away from with, with the ruminating, with the going back to the old conversations. And I don't have that problem completely licked, but I have it like 80% of the way licked. And it used to be almost every conversation I had, I'd replay it and be like, oh, that could have gone better. I can't believe I didn't say this or I did say that. And what broke me out of that pattern was thinking to myself, when I said this joke, maybe I liked it, but maybe the other person didn't like it. Or the thing that I wish I'd said in, in minute five, like five minutes and 28 seconds, I wish I'd said that, but did the other person even notice? And I think of so many times when I'm so concerned about myself and I'm, I'm just thinking the other person's probably concerned about themselves too. So there's these issues that I think are such a big deal like really aren't. And we need to, to chill out and appreciate the people in our lives for who we are, especially you mentioned family. And we all have those family members that, man, we wish we had five more minutes with them. So the, the, the time is now to be appreciative and to just accept people for who they are and don't let yourself, you try to do all these things that are outside of bounds. And so in these last few minutes of our conversation here, Teresa, do you have any surprises to share with us? Has there been any kind of situation or aha moment in your life that really just surprised you and knocked you out of your chair? Yes, a couple, but something that comes to mind and it seems to be quite a consistent thing is when you have a problem and you need it solved, it's funny, but a little bit of time and contemplation will give you the insight as to what you actually want to achieve. You will have a conversation. As an example, my son was in primary school and he was undiagnosed and he was having a problem and I needed the staff to help me, but I wanted them. My first reaction was to defend him and champion for him. And they're not treating him right. They're not doing the right thing by him. He deserves more. He needs more. They need to do more for him, et cetera, et cetera. And that kind of was snowballed for a little while in my head. And then I thought, you know what? I need him to be safe and I need him to be protected and I needed them to do everything that they could. And they told me of all their limitations and all the reasons why they couldn't do it. 
he was in a big school. They couldn't look after him 24 hours a day. And every lunch hour, they couldn't sit with him during his lunch hours, that type of thing. But what I discovered was that I was, my again, my expectation was too high of them. I needed to be able to do it for him. I needed to be able to get into that school and I needed to be able to look after him and his lunch breaks and make sure he wasn't getting his bike broken again or he wasn't getting chucked down the stairs again, those types of things. And when you move into um, a school like that, sometimes they can get really defensive because they don't see you as trying to help them. They see you as a problem. So you have to turn the problem around to make it their problem. Then you have to give them the solution of yourself. And then they will welcome you in as the solution to the problem they didn't realize they had. When, it, when he first had these problems, I went in there and I was like, these bruises and this is what's happened and what are you going to do? And that was the wrong way to look at it. After a little while, then they, of course, reprimanded me because he was choosing the wrong people to hang around with and help his fault. And which, of course, put me back on the back foot of defense again. And then I thought about it. Thought, well, I'm not getting anywhere. This isn't helping me. This isn't getting me what I want ultimately for my child. So I had to then look back and go, yes, you're right. He's making terrible decisions. I'm just at my wit's end on how to get him to stop doing this. And in my mind, I'm thinking the complete opposite. And then I said to them, I could just maybe, he just needs to do more reading and schoolwork at lunchtimes and he doesn't need to be off gallivanting around the playground if he can't look after himself and do the right thing. So it was almost like they were looking at it as he was getting punished, which is from their perspective, what they, it looked like they were doing. Like they looked to me like that's all they wanted was to reprimand me, reprimand him and make us go away and do as we're told. That wasn't going to work for me. So I needed him protected and I needed him looked after. So I, and I did a little bit of research on the actual staff members themselves that I was dealing with and looking at it from their perspective and looking at it, what would be a problem that they would want solved? How am I a problem to them and how am I going to solve that problem for them? And ultimately in the first lunch break, I went and did reading recovery with him because he was so far behind academically. And then the second lunch hour, I just made myself present. I had the, the facility of a blue card because I was doing tuck shop and I was doing volunteering in the school and all of that type of thing. So I wasn't a complete stranger to the school and all the people within it, but having those things already in place and then realizing that I needed to help him, I couldn't rely on them to help him, but I needed them to let me into that facility to help him. Otherwise, if I continued battering with them and become more combatant and more of an enemy to them, it was less likely that they were going to let me do what I wanted to do. So I had to basically, yeah, go around the back way, if you like, and turn me into a problem that only I could solve for them. So then pre prior to that, they didn't see me as a problem. They saw him having his own problem and he was out on his own to look after and deal with his own problem and sort his own problem out. It's nothing we can do for you. So I turned it right around so that, yeah, they did have a problem. And guess what? I can solve it for you. So. That's how we got around that. So I spent 12 weeks going, dropping the kids off at school, going back at little lunch and being there, and then going home and then going back at big lunch and then coming home and going back and picking them up at knock off. I can tell how by giving yourself the, the time to let the anger pass and figure out solutions that you were able to, to figure that out, just that there was the, the component of empathy of not just saying, here's what I want, here's my problem. And if, if you're butting heads against someone, you think, what do they want and what are they thinking? And instead of me trying to 
having to explain myself and sell on, on my problem and say, I want you to do this. That seems like a lot of steps instead of all that. Do your best to understand them and figure out what their problem is and work together to solve their problem or solve their problem for them. That seems like a, a, a much less painful way to go about things. And it just comes from you uh, sitting and thinking logically and figuring out the possibilities. And sometimes the solutions sometimes might involve some work on your part, might be a little uncomfortable and might even involve you doing things you don't want in order to get to, to some kind of outcome. And again, maybe not even the outcome that you want. And so this is all very helpful and it, it helps to dig up the, those old painful memories and think about what did I do wrong or why was that way? But then moving forward, we say, okay, so many people don't even consider these things, right? Or don't even have this awareness. So many people are just going through life the same that they always have. And, and so it's great to hear about some of your stories and your perspectives. And if someone wants to hear more from you, they can find you in that book, Inspired Miracles on Amazon, co-authored with Pat Masidi. And uh, I know that your website is T-R-E-S-A-P-L-U-M-B.com. And what will someone find when they go to that website? And is there any other place they should go? At the moment, they'll find nothing because I have been working on it and I have been getting nowhere. So I have had to call in a professional and we are working on it. And so very soon there'll be links there to all different avenues, if you like. Yeah, people can speak to me. They can email me. And that will be, I'm thinking within the next week or two, be up and running and yeah, good to go. So there's all different things there. I've got my fingers in a couple of pies and all those pies are on the website. We will be on the website and yeah, we'll be able to go forward from there. Exciting. So people should go to that website coming very soon. That is exciting. That's TresaPlum.com where you can get those life insights and those other links. And thank you very much, Teresa, for stopping by and for sharing some of these life experiences and these lessons you learn and things that we can take in, digest, apply for ourselves. I think it's very helpful. And thank you very much. No worries. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me.